Hello, welcome to another episode of The Holy Hour. This is Gavin, and I'm joined by a very special guest this evening. I'm hanging out with my old buddy, Ryan. We go way back. Um, how long now? Since almost, almost 20 years. Yeah, I guess 97, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, a long time. Many adventures, Dr. Jones. We've been on many adventures, musical <laughs> and otherwise, and... Um, yeah, just a, a true pal in every sense, and as far as someone that talk music, probably not the most self-declared Cure diehard fan, but <laughs> you've, you've come around in recent years and enjoyed the brilliance of the Cure, would you say? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for partaking in this experiment of discussions. I, and <laughs> I love Robert. <laughs> yeah, he's a lovable I mean, man. He's, he's gooey and he's tasty and... His great hooks and arrangements. Yeah. What's not to love? Exactly. And, and appearance-wise, there's a lot to do with it. He's, with his gooiness. And yeah. people give him a hard time in these later years for kind of becoming more of like a melted version of Robert Smith. But <laughs> I think he looks great. His hair is held up. He can't be yeah. like... Jealous of the hair. Yeah, God. I mean, he can't be treating it well all these years. All that product and such you know but yeah. it's still there in some form or another it looks yeah. a little rough by the end of the shows but yeah god bless him and it just seems like an all-around swell man don't you think tim burton <laughs> would be nothing without exactly robert smith side note of something we referred to earlier i don't know why this just popped in my head but we were kind of making fun of sean penn have you heard about that movie where he kind of looks like robert smith it's on like Netflix now, I think, but it like totally was indie theater and nobody made any reference to it. But he's supposed to be like some kind of lonely dude or something. And there's some weird twist when I read the synopsis of like how he kills his stepmother or something. But he's basically dressed exactly like Robert Smith. And like, <laughs> and it's like, what, what does he wear? He's just like, <laughs> like black and he has like eyeliner and his hair's all sticking up. And then, <laughs> And, but, I mean, they made him look exactly like he's trying to look like Robert Smith. And it's so weird because it's like Sean Penn just looks kind of weird and old now anyway. And going for that Robert Smith, like, why would you choose him? And why would he do that? And, and when it's all said and done, body of work-wise, <laughs> Sean Penn's a, a great actor, but... He's no Robert Smith. He's no Robert Smith. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, going back to how we met in 97 was a long time back, but... Well, really that long, but for how different the media formats have changed over the years. And um, we met basically swapping tapes and uh, initially contacting each other for bootlegs and trading bootlegs. And then I guess we kind of ran out of source material or maybe from the get-go, just of correspondence. We mentioned we both write our own songs and we sent, like, I think you sent just like a few songs tacked on to the end of a mix and I did the same. and. Mm -hmm. Does that sound about accurate? Yeah, the first? We, we were all shy about it at first. And I, I, I remember that I played a few songs at the end of an early mix. Like I just played part of Blackbird, yeah. the Beatles, and, and a few things. And then you answered back with some full-on like arranged songs <laughs> on a four-track. You did like, outdoor <laughs> type with mm. acoustic guitar, vocals, and the bass line, like, doom, doom, doom. Mm. I was like, shit, he's throwing the gauntlet down. <laughs> and then from then on, it was more trying to actually make a recording, make something great, and not mm. just 
You're like, hey, I can play. Here's a little clip. I was, I was so clip. desperate for an audience. <laughs> I was like, I got him. Here you go. I was too. <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, and we still are. <laughs> yeah, we're still. Here we are. <laughs> um, and but, it's a good thing to be desperate for an audience. It takes, yeah, fucking, it takes it, fucking courage. Anyone can just do shit and <laughs> put it in a shoebox under your bed. Right? But um, you were in high school still then? Maybe your senior year, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. We, we met because it, it was right before Car Button Cloth came out. Yeah, it was, yeah. we, met, we were like met as Lemonheads fans, and then that album came out like after we were yeah. friends. We were there for the hype of that album. Yeah. It had been a while. So, yeah, huh. 96, 97, almost yeah, 20 years ago. I was like, senior in high school, two you were like, out of high school, yeah. like 20, you could almost buy a beer. Yeah, it's like, man, where do you get out in the real world? <laughs> and then by the time we met, you were like, I'm 21. I I, buy a beer. And I've never like, been in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's more. It's a good. It's a good place to avoid. Yeah. The real world is. Yeah, I'm still avoiding yeah. it. <laughs> still haven't been on the no, real world. I don't know what it's all like. the happier for it. Too. Seems scary out there. <laughs> Way too much to to worry about out there. But we started. So we started trading tapes, which is a very lost art form. I wonder, which is kind of cool. Thinking like this was also. Uh, for people not wise enough to piece the timeline of internet history and stuff like, like everything was super new then like as far as tracking people down and mailing stuff i mean we kind of were cool in the sense in my idea of like using it to a positive advantage and not just like you know after the first wave of wow internet porn and you know forums and like you know i mean the fact that connections are made and friendships clearly from you know 20 year plus at this long point. before myspace yeah you know we didn't need any of that bullshit i was like you like the lemonheads cool here i'll send you some stuff on mm-hmm. and vice versa next thing you know we're sending our own music and other mixes of stuff i was like well clearly this guy's got good taste and we kept it rolling from bands outside of you know just what we we're directly connected to in that time frame it was kind of a very anti- cure peak i guess maybe like it was like a little after a while mood swings had come out and that one was kind of bashed by a lot of diehard cure fans and stuff jupiter crashing yeah so good <laughs> yeah there's some gems on there i always feel like that's kind of the mint car yeah it's ah. a, a, a good one but like a lot of people are down on that yeah. album and that's the only two songs i can actually, <laughs> actually name. but they're you would know so, if you heard them, but. they're so fucking good yeah yeah mint car is like a really underrated Friday I'm in Love too. It should have been the as big of a like, hit. Yeah. I, I feel like he he must have been just like people were just telling him how shitty and depressing his music was. He was like, <laughs> Fuck you, I'll show you. I'll show you what and and he did it the first time with Friday I'm in Love and then with Mint Car. It was like it's almost like making fun of happiness because it's, yeah. it's too like I'm so happy I could burst yeah. strawberry kisses. Yeah. It's like it, but it's so good. He's like the, the saddest fucking mushy guy. <laughs> but he can make the most beautiful happy song ever too, which is weird. Yeah. He's, he's the last guy you'd expect that from. Exactly. He's like, fuck you guys, I'll write the ultimate <laughs> happy pop song. And then he does. Yeah. Like, Shit, that was You would never expect best. Yeah, that or Friday in Love or you know, they've always been weird. I mean, even going back to like Love Cats in the eighties and stuff, he was always kind of that scary twist of a musician where you're like what just when you think you've got them pegged down in some format you know it's like i mean i wasn't around for when that got released or anything but you know from reading articles and stuff like all the 
British magazines and stuff were just like, what the hell? This is the guy that was like... <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah, and all of a sudden he comes out with like the walk or something, you know? It's like, pretty cool. It's always good that they're diverse. But yeah, going Morrissey back to, just stays depressed. And yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit better. Yeah. Sometimes I rock when I'm depressed. Sometimes <laughs> I don't rock. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, but yeah, Wild Mid Swings, 90, late 90s, second, second half in the 90s, it was very like i guess brit pop was big and kind of those even like morrissey and the cure was everybody was kind of taking a hit at that point i think they weren't really at their peak anymore mm-hmm. as far as commercial success and stuff they still had huge followings of course but so yeah like when we traded the tapes being a huge care fan of course like and i'm always trying to get people to like the care i always know that like people don't like them really on the first listen and stuff so i was trying to remember back if i hit you up like right off the bat like with those first few tapes, I'd kind of say probably not. Like I didn't really throw a ton of cure at you, did I? <laughs> I? I think I still have the like clear cassette where you just labeled cure mix. It was a double sided clear cassette. <laughs> so it was a full mix. cure. <laughs> I, I think the way I remember it, and huh. who knows? At this yeah, point, maybe it was like the fifth tape or something. But, I don't but even... you just mentioned the cure a lot, mm-hmm. and, and my older sister April was really into the cure. All right, I forgot and, about and that. She had all the posters up in her room. Okay. Had the the one live album from the eighties. It's super moody and show. Was it? Yeah, yeah. And so, but she never played the cure for me. (laughs) She was like out, you know, being a wild high school girl. (laughs) So I I just saw the band. I assumed it would be this thing. It it seemed kind of like something I didn't want to get into. Yeah. And but you mentioned them. We were were into the Lemonheads and all this catchy stuff. And your songs are really good. And you kept mentioning the cure in the emails, and I remember asking you, like, make me a cure mix. Okay. Always do that. You did it for yeah. replacements. You've done it a bunch of times. Like, all right, you keep mentioning this band. Make me a mix of your best songs. And he made me the cure mix, and you put Friday I'm in Love, and, <laughs> and just the hook songs right yeah. right at the beginning. So I was like, oh shit, this is amazing. Didn't lead off with like the ten minute no. version of you had the sense letters. that was the first song on side B was all yeah. those songs. Yeah. So in order to rewind it back, <laughs> I could either rewind it all the way or listen to all the cool those moody songs. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. I totally forgot about your sister being into them. I remember you saying that because I wasn't sure if you had heard of them prior to any of that or even just like the name and stuff. I'd heard know. of them, but I, I never heard them. Like, had you like even like just boys don't cry and then like oh that's no, I hadn't. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd ever heard anything before that mixtape. Hmm. Yeah, boys don't cry. It's such a great one too. And yeah. It's sort of weird too to when you come along to a band so long in. Yeah. Like they've been a band for twenty years or I don't know, fifteen years or. However long it was, and yeah, and by you, that point, you're like, "Boys don't cry." That doesn't even sound. It's a great song, but that sounds like a different band. Yeah, and it was because right. ten <laughs> I mean, years. Technically, and, yeah, for sure. It's like crazy how how much. Yeah, that's a that's a, a tough one for them because like you don't really know what angle people would be would latch onto, you mm-hmm. know. And um, just picking which ones is tough, but you know they have so many like just big singles like that. Mm-hmm. That's what we were thinking too. Like people do tend to lean, but nobody got there from the start. Like everybody always heard like you know the singles, yeah. and you get into the singles, and then if you really like them, then you get into the like the heavier stuff, and at some point you might turn or something. But I think it's bullshit posturing, to be honest. It, <laughs> any any time you say you hate shit that you used to like, mm-hmm. you're an asshole <laughs> to yourself. Uh-uh. Yeah. 
and like a week from now you'll change your mind (laughs) but yeah and kind of even going back to what we were saying initially um we're trying to figure out all these buttons and playing in between days and just what a catchy amazing song that is and just like how a song like that can just never get old and yeah, I feel like it's one of those ones you can play to anybody, and you, you might not love it, but at the same time, it's pretty undeniable. You know, it's like it's just such a catchy, quick. I can't. E- I song. can't believe <laughs> that you would. You could not love it. Yeah. How could yeah. anyone deny that song? It's and it's so perfect. weird, and you still get chills when you hear it on the radio and stuff. I feel like it was like a song in 1985 when that came out. It's like, yeah. can you think of like anything else in 1985 that just like yeah. doesn't sound? I mean, it's timeless. And it's too. still not really known. It's not been yeah, featured I mean, in a major motion picture that yeah. the kids see. I mean, that could easily be a. You want to do your moody, awesome Wes Anderson ripoff movie, mm. and you just—it's a shitty movie, but you put that song in the scene where they're dancing on the ring, and these two young kids that are in love and fucked up, right. and it's, the movie becomes brilliant Based because on that. that's it's <laughs> a, such an untapped. Yeah, and maybe weird. he doesn't let his songs get used. I guess I, I can't really think of seeing many Cure songs in movies. Nah, that's weird. They yeah. have that magic. I mean, they definitely have them, and like you know, just like Heaven or something will get dropped. And I think there's even some Reese Witherspoon movie named mm. Just Like Heaven, but uh, <laughs> I think they just play it in the credits or something. But I mean, it's still like not that. Pivotal. Can't hardly wait. Yeah, like <laughs> that kind of thing where it just you know the, the director was like, "That's a cool song." What's but uh, how much does it cost? Yeah, hundred bucks. You could use it. Robert Smith sold like, sold. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's weird just, <laughs> that idea. But I'm um, going back to the mixes, I guess, that we were talking about, and um, I was trying to remember what it was was like the first one that got a reaction from you because i remember you liking it but you you know it didn't really stick or whatever and like over the years you just hey i know you like the cure and they weren't bad or anything but nothing really we were like yes more or anything and i tried not to push it from what i remember but i remembered like one that you had responded to was the was the song to the sky which is like a b-side technically it was mm-hmm. there in like i don't even know what it was on to be honest like i'd have to look it up but it was just something that's on join the dots later got released on that but we had it off of some bootleg of b-sides or rarities and stuff like that and um but you're like yeah yeah definitely when we played that but um you're saying in between days might have been the first one that you kind of remembered was there one that stood out right off the bat then you think it was in between days or listening back or thinking back i mean <laughs> i think the ones that, that that reached out to me the most were the the singles really the single, like, yeah, yeah. like a, the... pictures of you and mm-hmm. so like as a whole yeah. more like just like having in boys not cry and kind yeah. of those ones yeah 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 that makes sense but yeah it's cool to the sky is a good song there yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know where I dreamed that up. Yeah, maybe that and that's a weird that one. one that I wouldn't have found if the person that made the mix hadn't hadn't picked a, a weird. Yeah, I guess that's what I was kind of thinking. It, it kind of reminds me of Adam. Jackson Brown's "Late for the Sky," which is like kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. It's like taking that song and making a really good song out of it. Mm-hmm. It's a moody. We just listened to it before we we did this, and yeah, it's just such a. It's a weird because it's said like dreamy, but it isn't really particularly like great lyrics and not like a super fast, like catchy song like In Between Days or anything. We're just kind of 
just dreamy is kind of the word. It, it has that, just that classic cure arrangement thing where there's just one chord progression, up, basically the whole song. Yeah. And there'll be that one section, call it the chorus or the bridge. You're never sure right. if it's the hook <laughs> or the part that's not the hook. But it changes to like a weird chord or two. But there's just the most of the song for a long time is just this one chord yeah. progression and all these different cool hooks come in and out of it and he makes the melody go to different places and the layers yeah like just like and then it'll have like that string it's just like yeah. the whole thing and it's crazy how important or how much you know like decorating a cake kind of thing it <laughs> just really it's funny and at work i've been listening to like headphones i put one earbud in and then so i can hear what's going on around me you know so i <laughs> It's it's been funny in the sense that I like listen to these, yeah, like these like recordings that I've heard a billion times, and I'll hear them in a different way because stuff's panned, you know, and stuff, and like, so I, I won't hear like half of the arrangement, but it'll right, also yeah. kind of make you kind of accent something in a song. There's been a lot of Cure ones where I'm just like, what the hell is this? Is this like a live version? I yeah. look at it, and it's like just something off of disintegration, and I'm just like, but it just sounded so weird because like there's prominent like keyboard part yeah. will really stand out and out of context yeah it's really weird but it's crazy how good they are at the layering that's undeniable i guess it's like <laughs> beatles records you'll put in a beatles record and one earbud mm-hmm. or one of your speakers isn't working you'll just hear like a harmony a tambourine <laughs> like and one. a kick drum <laughs> <laughs> there's not even the first 30 seconds are just silence and yeah. it's just like boom just yeah they were notorious for that it seems (laughs) I always try to do that but it makes it really hard to mix and stuff too because you never really know based on what you're listening to I feel like The Cure was really ahead of their time with that one chord progression layering thing Mm -hmm. and and like electronic music and a lot of things I listen to now are are based on that just just looping things like the whole idea of looping they didn't actually loop it with digital technology but they did it live and it was just like they knew this trance level of just keeping one thing down and and bringing things in and out into the beat and the bass line would just be on one thing for so long and there'd be moody delayed stuff coming in and out that that's that's something we've seen in electronic music a lot since then and just with people recording you know is so much more accessible to everybody now I think they tend to lean towards that format where you can Mm kind of just have that train track down and build it on yeah it's a good point i never i wonder where that comes from i wonder do you know from what you know of like bowie stuff or anything he doesn't really do that do you think I mean, yeah i guess he has i'd say thing. even more probably more of the clash and like if i yeah somebody before them but they were kind of same era the clash is a little bit earlier but yeah they, they would do that and then the cure later on got into that kind of funky or reggae thing yeah like the bass and drums would be really tight and they just be the same thing for yeah five minutes but then i wonder the, if a lot of it too is the way that he writes like hearing his demos and stuff where a lot of it is kind of like even like close to me or something that has so many cool little parts but it is all originally based off of like a drum loop kind of thing you know and then he's just going to kind of over it and then when you do it you know as a a band you kind of make it 
more alive, of course, but at the same time, I wonder if that how much of an influence that has. Just yeah. from the writing. So his demos were like a lot of drum loops for years. Yeah. It's really interesting to think he kind of started from a looping kind of yeah. trancey, get into the trance and do it. And yeah, because I was surprised by that. I didn't really catch that until they started putting out the reissues and they, on the bonus disc, they'd have like a lot of stuff for. Hmm. Which kind of took away a lot from like the band stuff. I thought I was surprised if like if he had the whole kind of beat. I'm like, well, what the fuck? He already had the whole fucking. Song. <laughs> yeah. it's like, What's oh, he paying man? these assholes yeah, for? Yeah, exactly. No wonder he fires them all. <laughs> but nah, they definitely had their parts and bring it to life. But at the same time, it was kind of surprising where he, you know, technically was writing all these hooks for all of them. Mm. You know, I was just like, wow, okay, cool. But, I think Robert Smith might have something to do with the brilliance behind the cure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's mostly his band. It's becoming it's obvious. <laughs> I think he might have a huge part to do with them. I think his lead guitarist is the main guy. <laughs> What's his nuts? But Robert Smith might have something to do. Yeah, he's he's going to be big one day. <laughs> he's getting big. He's getting <laughs> oh, he's back to the fat joke. <laughs> eyes are getting all pink and shit. <laughs> Um, so okay, if you were making a, a mix for a new feller, oh, the next are. generation, <laughs> that would be even weirder. You're like, editing this, right? Yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> brushed up on my titles today. No, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, the one with the shit that had the. It'd probably be the ones we've already mentioned. Even not like a full twenty tracks, but like just some ones off the top of your head. Of is there anything? Uh, in between days, we've talked about. Hey. Man. But you'd probably stick with like the the catchier singles. You would think. You think that's the way to go. It's or, it's really that that baby son album. Yeah, uh, uh, the galore. Yeah. If I had. Yeah. If I yeah. properly prepared for this, I would have listened to that. <laughs> no, and it's fine. It's a, we all know what you mean. It's good. If it, like I said, if anybody's listening this far into a Cure podcast, <laughs> they know too. So don't worry. Just, just at that at that point in their career, they're doing yeah. just like weird like. I don't really like I don't, even when I say the word funk. Yeah, I feel like an asshole. Right, I feel shitty when I say it. I don't like saying it, it's but they actually word. do like some funk stuff that's just like hot, 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 and some of that stuff on there is just yeah, it's so good. And he's so he's just like oh, like hop like two octaves up and the band's so tight and it's catchy and. This stuff is just out of this world. Yeah. This stuff is just out of this world. I'm like, (laughs) I should not like this. Friday, I'm in love, reeled me in, and here I am. My car is like... (laughs) 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 It's It's crazy. It's so good. Like that one in particular, I think the the, the one guitarist they had kind of through all that portal, he was like through like in between days, a little before that, and like all the way up to wild mood swings like has that really guitar style or and he's you know the one that ended up playing on like plant and page and stuff like that too he definitely mm-hmm. and he came back for like their last album and definitely has like that funky side which is such a cool like spice flavor to throw into a cure song that would normally not you know i think he probably has a lot to do with that even though i'm sure robert's big on it too yeah but it, he yeah, definitely is like there's a strong guitarist yeah. around for those that was you can't sing and do that at the same time yeah you need the and most of those the, songs the, in the, particular the, are the ones where he like just does you know he walks around with the mic like hot 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 and yeah. why can't i be you and yeah, stuff like that and, yeah. all right i'll just take the mic yeah. track number one on the mix would definitely be 
Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Assuming the mix is made for somebody, I'm making this mix like you did for somebody. Yeah. You don't know the cure to it is. And I think you did start off with that song. Hmm. It's just, it's, it, it changes a lot. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out, but it's just, this, yeah. it's like a, a British punk it's like it's a punk rock song yeah. and there's not really much cure that i know that i would consider to be punk rock there is some but yeah, like it's that. a punk rock song and it's so punk rock that it's like a sissy song right it's so punk it's rock like, that it's sissy it's, yeah i mean it's it like the like ultimate post punk like they took it say, yeah, all the way to like yeah just being <laughs> a, like being a little bitch and crying about it it's beautiful it's like the shit that boys and men can't express yeah which really yeah. opened the door and the like, hook is just for like na, new na, wave na, music na, na, yeah it's I love how they all kind of na, build on each other too like their big singles over the years it's like if you put them all together like that like boys don't cry just like heaven in between days even pitches you they're all in A too which is weird yeah. not to get too musical a, nerdy oh, no, but we should do there? A real quick you can edit it out <laughs> but Buddy Holly yeah. Chuck Berry all their big hits in A. Buddy Holly, just yeah. like you just tune up to the album, you play on your A, 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 yeah. A. You're like, why do I write songs in A? It's a weird key, but it's it's like the it's the ultimate it's, old school rock and roll it's key. It's like the hit key. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's do the fucking hit now. <laughs> so post, post-punk post bands in the 70s, yeah. you know, Even then. went back to A. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's the first letter of the alphabet. Yeah, where else? Where you, that's where you start. <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah, we just figured something it's a good right. thing it's a good thing we're rolling on this because yeah. that would be the exact thing I'd be like we said something about something about it. I only remember the formula to a hit song they cracked it I swear damn so if nothing else kids start on A <laughs> and by A we mean Adderall yes <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Adderall it keeps you going. The only way to feel normal. <laughs> Robert Smith, cut totally. to the end. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Going back to Hot, Hot, Hot in particular, we're uh, thinking how Ryan is an accomplished guitarist and singer and songwriter and all around great musician, if you haven't picked up on that. Never yet. made a single fucking penny off any of it. <laughs> That just proves that you're amazing. Yeah. That's how legit I am. That's how legit I am. That's I won't like, accept money. From yeah, yeah people. A, I've always tried to pay me a lot to <laughs> be a musical artist. I've chosen to be a computer geek instead. Anybody can make music money off of music. Jeez, it's more noble to not get yeah. paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, Integrity. I wanted to, to to rehash some some cure related very loosely music stories from over the years of uh how how the cure's path have come in of projects we've done or you've done on your own and and uh there's some some pretty funny ones you got over the years <laughs> just to, I remember before even moving down here um you had mentioned playing hot 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 in a email and you're like man i'm playing this cure song and it's like a one-off kind of thing it was like a halloween show or something maybe or, oh yeah it was that the, like, the hairspray i think it's called new mountain now but it was uh-huh. a it was a was a, it a burlesque a, show it was a swinging burlesque <laughs> show at the gay bar in Asheville nice. in 2005 and and there was a crazy backstage with giant lipstick and yeah. like a giant plush lipstick just with the light on it. 
We, so, we played that song. <laughs> it was. It was <laughs> what was the whole? Um, let's see. How do we backtrack? Was it like so? You were part of like a one night band kind of thing, right? And yeah, you were playing while people were dancing to it. Or yeah, like a, it was like a weird show where we met these these people that put on this Halloween show every year, and we were like young kids, college mm-hmm. kids, and we played with them. And we were just, we played a few songs in the show that was like dancing. I think it was like a dancing flame with legs just dancing around <laughs> and doing flips and cartwheels like a dancing hot, hot flame. And we were like, doom, doom, wow. just playing the song. And then a guy came out and sang Girlfriend in a Coma nice. to a wax corpse afterward. <laughs> like he came out and this, this lady like brought sheet music out and played it on the piano. And he hopped around like Morrissey and, and sang to a wax corpse, Girlfriend in a Coma, I know. <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, "That was amazing!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I spent all of high school singing." So you along played there. on that too, like so. How many songs in this set, or was it two? Like, oh, okay, two songs. so it was those two songs. Yeah, what did like a different band rotate out, and they kept it going, or was it just like that was the whole night? <laughs> yeah, there'd be like a, it was like a back curtain, and the guy would come out and be like, "And for our next performance this Halloween, we have a <laughs> juggling midget or something." And we just came out. You have to plug your amp in really fast. Oh, wow. be like, kind of like, all right, shit, all right, let's go. That's so weird, but awesome. Yeah, it was really, you'd never be in control of anything. So Hot, Hot, Hot and Girlfriend in a Coma. That's pretty fucking yeah. cool two songs at the end. You should have been there. I was, yeah, I was that like, was amazing. We've both been on mixtapes from Gavin. Huh. Did, um, who were the people in the band? Like, not that the listener would. It was me uh, on guitar, Joe Bazzelli on drums, and then Aliza singing and then her her uh, boyfriend at the time Scott Gormick on upright bass so yeah upright mm. bass guitar drums and vocals but we were kind of like jazz style with yeah, upright yeah. bass was not mic'd it was just upright just, bass just like brush drums like one kick and a snare and I yeah. ride and then I was I had like my little lamp so the shit about the oh get a plug right. it was only me everybody was like let's go I'm like fucking get a plug in my amp come on Ryan <laughs> you killed it the lips are on fire she had a mic too <laughs> but that's awesome yeah cool <laughs> it, was, it was wacky it was really fun it was just kind of yeah. that phase of yeah. being uh, really serious about my own songs on acoustic guitar yeah, and trying to go out and play them and then going and doing some weird <laughs> shit like that and in retrospect that was way more fun than me playing <laughs> my sad ass ballads at an open mic <laughs> yeah well, that was I didn't a, realize that till now. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Yeah, that was a good talk. <laughs> so you got your first taste of full-on funky with that? Did you feel like you nailed the funky guitar? No, that's I didn't. Pretty, I feel like I, that's when I appreciated the, <laughs> the funkiness of That's why I yeah. will, will rant about the funkiness and how I don't like funk, but that it was... Really? I was like, but I like this song, and it was hard. The right hand, yeah, just, the loose, loose wrist, it was... Going on with that. No, I, I couldn't... Uh, it's like that Johnny Marr kind of thing. Yeah. A, you try, and it makes you better, <laughs> but you don't ever feel like you... Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> we'll get him again. That's cool. <laughs> I was always curious of that story. Um, <laughs> kind of on the same lines, too. Years later, when we were playing together, uh, the band If You Want Us... Um, we played a few out of town shows for a while. We got in a run of playing quite a few out of town shows, and um, 
We played out in Duke University, was it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So big university show. It was a bit of a hike. Was it like four hours from here in Nashville? Like, at least, yeah. Yeah, I remember it was like maybe like a Friday. Longer than we thought. Yeah, it was like one of those drives. <laughs> it's like we got off of work or something a little early, jumped in the car, and we're kind of like lost a bit and didn't quite get there as soon as we wanted to. I felt like it was a little rushed. And then we had to carry all our shit through the whole student center. There wasn't even a direct load in. We had to walk (laughs) through like a student shopping mall. Yeah, well, I guess like to paint the picture too. And and I guess I'll kind of lay it out, but definitely correct me if my memory isn't quite there. A lot of this stuff is blurry. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, like I guess most universities have them. We had them up at George Mason too, but like there's like a student center like you said where it basically is like a mall and they set it up with shops and cafeteria of sorts but not like a full-on cafeteria it's usually where they put a taco bell and chick-fil-a or something and then they have like <laughs> like a little dining area and dots ice cream yeah ice cream of the future <laughs> some shit and the, the bookstore would probably be in there and they have like conference rooms and shit like that right and um so somehow we got the the gig there, and of course it's like a show at Duke University, and they're paying you a ton. And you're just like, fuck, all right. It's a very easy one to say yes to on the surface. I remember yeah. we got there, and it was like third floor or something, and we had to park way the hell out. Like on any campus, parking was a pain in the ass, and we're carrying around. I remember me in particular was the phase where we we're dragging a Wurlitzer around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> was like, the wrong God. era for that shit. <laughs> that was a short-lived era. That Wurlitzer yeah, was only like short like two months. <laughs> it happened to fall on that. Yeah. It's like, we're go up these stairs with this thing. Not short enough indeed. Yeah, but, but anyway, so, and those things are so crazy because they're always like, some kind of production staff has booked it and they're like, it's always like that phase where they think they're way more professional than they are and usually the band's playing these kind of things they're just faking it (laughs) they got like some they're just faking it AAP event staff shirt on and there's always like one girl that's in charge and she's getting all the credit points for doing it or whatever basically that's all it is is like they get some kind of check marked on their thing for the semester if they get a band in there and serve this also <laughs> let the band play <laughs> and then sign take here. the final exam and, <laughs> sign here. Exactly. and then sign here and and we take the thousands of dollars from you and you get the piece of paper <laughs> like, well, what about the show did anybody fuck you <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we got there we pretty much felt like we knew what was up right off the get-go we got in this like super brightly lit oh shit room. <laughs> yeah we're like oh this is one of these this is not a cool <laughs> everyone's just trying to read the chapter of the book that they didn't read before their class <laughs> and then like actually studying at a creditable university and such um, I actually get credit for seeing a shitty rock band. It's part of my humanities course. Yeah. I'm only here to witness <laughs> Terrible what <game>. art is not. <laughs> like, oh. oh, this is a trap, man. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I drove like four hours to get here. Yeah, we can afford to pay you guys all $500. Just to prove a just point. Just to prove <laughs> what real art is not. Mm. Damn. <laughs> Dude, castle. Touche. <laughs> But anyway, so it's one of those rooms that's like way too loud for everything, dude. You kind of know when you're sitting out, we're grimacing, watching. And I think we were like, were we third or in between two? There's definitely the band that I'm getting 
towards topic wise, <laughs> and then like there was a third band. I well, think. I believe that the way it went now was the Sammys kicked it off. Oh yeah, the Sammys. You didn't even remember the <laughs> Sammys, did. did you? Totally <laughs> well, let me about tell you about Sammys. the Sammys. They're real nice. Those guys <laughs> and their blues playing. Yeah. Drummers singing. Yeah. <laughs> Antics. Tough act to <laughs> Kicked off the evening. <laughs> and then Mr. Pink Guys had the sense. They were like, we're, we're older. We're on this circuit. <laughs> they weren't Mr. Pink Guys. They knew that <laughs> the, the headlining. <laughs> it was us, man. Yes, yes. It was, it was a time travel aspect to this that yeah. I'll get to later. Okay. <laughs> but let's just call on Mr. Pink Guys for now. Okay. They slid in because they knew, like, yeah. You don't want to play last. This is already... Yeah. And we were rookies. We're like, we'll, we'll headline. headline. This we're going to own this the shit. Sammys were actually the pros of the whole show, which is totally. kind of a weird irony. <laughs> awesome. And they played a Cure cover, and then we played last, and there was lots of salsa. Yeah. It was, it was a weird So it was the other band. Show. Sammys, the band that we don't know, but we're calling Mr. Pink Eyes, and then us. Yeah. But the thing about Mr. Pink Eyes... Leading up to this story, <laughs> it seemed like another crappy band or whatever. They were older, but not like geezers or anything. Probably they were probably younger than we are now. <laughs> right. But we were like, these guys are old oh. as shit. <laughs> the fact they're that like they played a thirty-four. Too, we're thirty-four years old. We're like, that's fucking old as shit. It's, I can't believe you're still even trying to. But the singer, she was French on stage like she came out and they were yeah. all kind of gothed up she was like kind of doing like the Susie look and shit and she kind of just appeared out of nowhere and I was like whoa what the fuck is this and, yeah. and she came out and they delivered it hard and she was singing in French over like this kind of new wavy stuff it wasn't great but like the fact that they were putting on the theatrics and it was kind of cool it was like yeah this and, is cool. and speaking in French between yeah. she maintained it her dialogue to the audience yeah like, totally selling it je like pense this. lumière <laughs> <laughs> we were like we thought Perhaps she was a French student at Duke. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we didn't know. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be? And, uh, well, did you know that it was? No, I, she, I, I, I thought she was she actually. She sold in, it, yeah. And then, like, she sang the Cure song in English, but it had, like, a thick French accent. She covered, <laughs> they covered uh, Man in My Mouth, which mm-hmm. is a, like, very obscure B-side, awesome song. And just cool reminder of like how rocking and that song was like, oh shit, yeah. And I was like, one over, of course. I'm like, this is the greatest band <laughs> ever. And uh, so as, as soon as they end their set, of course, I went over and was like, yeah, that was great. And we were there too. And we were like, that's a real good set. And she's like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> like, it was all like a, an act, like a <laughs> fucking shtick. And like, she totally just had like normal Carolina boys. And we're like, so you know, for, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, I don't think she really like tammed it up that much. Yeah. But at the same time, it's weird that this French girl can do such a funny North Carolina accent. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, funny. Which one's she... real? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like amazing how like, as far as like oh you're just like a band that did like but but it was still cool but it was definitely a little mis- misleading I thought or I, I remember that was a, at a time when I was really into trying to trade shows with people that I liked I was mm-hmm. like man you guys should come to Asheville and play a show there and mm-hmm. we could do like a show swap and new French bar you guys could come play and French bar they all just looked at me they were like 
Yeah, we we have day jobs that we like. <laughs> Driving out there. Yeah, we fucking do that. We've done that shit. That's play... a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> we only play cafeterias at major universities. Yeah. Clearly, that's the <laughs> only place art is pure. So you guys failed the test, by so, the way. Yeah, so that was like the start of the letdown, I guess. And we played our set, and it was uh, the usual, like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> we packed up our shit and left. I don't really remember it being. Everyone's just like, you tell how to start because we, we've established that the university is just inviting bands there to just do cruel experiments on to watch them fail yeah. but that band had been coming back for the experiments so many times and failing it got to the point where they were like if we just have the singer do a French accent we could actually nail yeah. this like what and they were that was probably the last time they aced the test you know? <laughs> the Sammys were like had a C we failed it <laughs> but we won in the sense that we never to do anything yeah. like that again it was the true test. It was like our own test. Con- test. Choosing to keep taking this test will fuck us in the ass. Yes. So we're done. Well, that's well played. <laughs> there you go. For sure. Duke University. Yeah. I shall never go there again. <laughs> Another sponsor of the podcast, by yeah. the way. Yeah, nothing against Duke University. If you're. Uh... <laughs> Duke University. Along those lines, a quick sub story. Um, because of that environment, there used to be a thing at the school. I went to George Mason University up in Fairfax where they had a little student dining center. And, like, just in the couple of years I was even there, at the end they kept trying to make it, like, this cultural thing where people could come and see live shows. And it was the exact same thing where it just <laughs> way too echoey, like, felt like you're Contrived. playing on a mall. Yeah, and, like, way too sobering and, like, the fluorescent lights and they close at, like, 8 and stuff like that. It was just, like, didn't have any of the makings. I think the best attempt they had was doing, like, an acoustic open mic night there on Thursdays or something. But, uh, but somehow we got a couple shows there, like, and luckily we didn't drag you into any of these shows. This was pretty early on where we did it. As I'm a, already feeling so blessed. That, <laughs> yeah, uh, this was bad. Uh, Galaxy Hut was... <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> we brought you in for the big shit. <laughs> but anyway, we thought this was cool because it was our school, and you play for college kids. It should be, you know, a good idea. Like once again, and like the production staff put it on, and but the funny thing with one of the shows we ever played there, and it was just like emptied out as soon as you start playing the drums. Everyone's just like, "Fuck this!" I'm going to my dorm and whatever. And we played this whole set. And it was like whatever, you know, our usual set at that time. But at the end, we were closing it with cover of pictures of you. And we played that and I was like yeah alright whatever even if y'all suck I got to play pictures of you in this nice mm-hmm. one and this really nice girl was like the last person that like hung in there came up after just like, that last song was so beautiful is that on your CD <laughs> it was like probably the, the jerkiest thing I've ever done as a musician I was like yes it is <laughs> <laughs> sold her a CD for five bucks and she was like track 12 <laughs> which CD did you sell her it was like the where's my rocket like very first okay. like five song EP so so it wasn't Astro. <laughs> the last song was uh, the Cure-esque song. Was it not Astro? No, yeah, Astro was not the last song. Uh, it was the one. I don't like, remember. Uh, it was the, the ultimate Cure song. It was the one that's kind of like, show me, show me, show me. It's like oh, snowfall. forever. Yeah, 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 forever. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was the last one. Yeah, hey, good job. Thanks. <laughs> know my stuff better than me. I believe Astro was track three. I, don't, I won't go on the wow. record. It was around there. Yeah. And, and sure enough, kicked it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, two and four may have been forgettable tracks. All around bad hey, idea. Three out of five. <laughs> not bad for a first EP. Uh, what you know for, but not bad at all. 
And then, yeah, my biggest hit pitches of you didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get it recorded in time. So. Yeah. <laughs> but on the lines of covers, I guess, and other shows, something else we needed to talk about Cure-related as far as playing music was, um, I didn't know the date on this, but the official Mr. Pink Eyes that we referenced earlier became <laughs> our cover band name that we chose... Um, we decided to ditch the French yeah. <laughs> accent singer because they'd already passed the test at Duke and we knew we had to stay a few steps ahead. Yeah. So we took that concept, but then went back to an English-speaking <laughs> Robert Smith. All Robert Smith covered. Yeah. It just seemed like the way to go. Yeah, like when the guy put Indiana Jones's hat on the young Indiana Jones and we took over. They said they had day jobs. <laughs> we invited them here and they refused. So yeah, there was so nothing they, left to do but... Just carry the torch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> there's an organization, Big Brothers. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> well, uh, for a couple of years running in Nashville here, they did a cool benefit Big show. And every, just, just remembering it. Big just, Brothers. Yeah, Big Brothers. Big Wolves or something. Because I've never had a Big Brother, but I'm with you now. Yeah. It was, it was funny how little it seemed to ever have to do with having like a foster siblings <laughs> so it's just like a benefit i guess for that but uh it was more about every local band in town would like pick a band and you just cover them for like four songs so good it's also a really great venue at gray eagle here. i would rather do that and play my own songs this <laughs> it was year. always so fun yeah <laughs> so <like>. fucking fun <laughs> it was the only time we've played to a sea of people pumping their fists and singing along yeah. i had no idea that the cure was so well known <laughs> I just don't hear people talk about the cure yeah. and when we played those songs it was like everyone knew them which is people just loved them yeah, it was so I didn't fun. know so many people felt this way <laughs> these songs are known yeah. I don't know how I still don't know it how really it's, like, it's a secret pleasure <laughs> people are secretive like, about oh, their yeah. cure love it's like oh my god the ultimate cure <laughs> what a fucking great band name the cure I'll say that yeah, yeah. I always feel like all the good simple band names are taken. Yeah. Pavement, the cure, just one word. Yeah. yeah the really cure is, is a lot better than pavement as far as band names. Yeah. But it's, it's just so good. It is. And I it's mean, like if they were like a Christian happy band it would be shitty. But right. because of what they are, it's the perfect name. You yeah. Know? And the fact that they've lasted so long and had to stick with it, it's like, man, that would have been rough for them if they were like a really amazing band and just had like a mediocre name you know yeah. <laughs> it's like ah but um yeah it is a great name if you want us yeah <laughs> like what? what was the name of their band god damn it I'm not gonna say <laughs> it again I don't wanna what but um Prince t- changed his name back to Prince yeah because being overly clever it's tough shooting yourself in the foot <laughs> but yeah they were the easy cure first that was like, and then they trimmed it to the huh. cure. Yeah. Is that a reference to, is there a, do people say Easy Cure? Nah, I'm not really sure where huh. it came from, other than that it was Easy Cure initially. And, I mean, very short-lived. They were the cure from the get-go, pretty much. But I love the name, though. It's just yeah, really it's interesting. Real simple. And works. You can do so much with it, like, uh, graphic arts wise too yeah. <laughs> they've always had so many great fonts and such over the years but I, I always thought that the first aid kit stole their band name from, from the cure hmm 
like a cure first aid kit like you're hurt <laughs> you're, you're hurt and you need something yeah huh. i need the cure yeah i need a first aid kit kind of makes sense just yeah. throwing it out there just just planting <laughs> the seed they're like oh shit he's old <laughs> or whatever their accents would be <laughs> we live in sweden we <laughs> talk <laughs> like <laughs> this <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, he must be killed because he knows. <laughs> he knows too much. <laughs> but, but yes, Mr. Pink Eyes is a good name of a tribute band, too. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was a fun show. It was cool. We, it was cool because... Uh, it was a great band. It was a great lineup. It was like a dream kind of thing. It wasn't our band that we, Ryan and I, had been playing in. It was me, Ryan, and then Ryan had been playing in other bands around town and knew these guys who were some of Asheville's finest for sure Josh playing in floating action still no doubt Josh Carpenter on drums Jeremy Bogor on bass Hatch, uh, Patrick Patrick <laughs> I almost said Aston Kutcher Aston Kutcher I'm so glad he was that there. I, I know he'll never be hearing this but if you are He's like, I'm sorry there. but I know that that'll never happen but Patrick Kutcher on keys yeah. I think I played keys on one song and guitar yeah. it was so fun to work out all those lead parts yeah, and it was, it was so like, fun. what do we play? We play uh, in between days. In between days, um, just like heaven, love song, and close to me. So like, definitely the initial. Just what, four. Yeah, we had like the fifth one in the works. Five, yeah, and then, it didn't quite. And even they were kind of saying we should do three. I think because they were so out. long. Yeah, and we were yeah, like, it's like, and even those are short Cure songs, but like close to me, man. Yeah, that one. Is it kinda, closer to me or close to me? close to me yeah, yeah. that yeah, was fun because like I've played and you've played like probably most of those in some varying form or another like just like that but like close to me is like something the only time you're going to get a chance to cover that is if you have like a full band and the fact that like we had the it. two keyboard yeah. parts it was like the, they're like dun, 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 da, 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 like the, yeah. the answering keyboards it was so cool it was so fun to, and that beat like Josh fucking nailed it yeah. it was just like like robot and precision it was so cool and um he had giant white sneakers on yeah I tried to smith hair and some play the part and yeah put on makeup and found some big reeboks and was that is we where's the footage of that why, is, why is it not on youtube it, i think it should be somewhere i remember there like, are clips yeah that, i'll post them on the be, website clearly here that too, should but, be um, public like i'm gavin yeah. connor I remember and, and I'm Gavin Connor on the internet. Here are some things I've done. That should be the first thing, Mr. Pink Eyes. If I Google you, they're cool. I remember at least something's weird with them where the camera was like right up on the PA, so it gets a little blown out. But I mean, it's you know just kind of crappy camera phone video. But at the same time, it was close enough where you get the point. I think so. I'll cool. post them on this website for sure too. But uh, theholyhour.moonfruit.com. But uh. Also, yeah, they were brought to you by, (laughs) and it was just so much fun to play like close to me in particular. I remember remember being like upset because I got like a sore throat right beforehand. I was like, this is my dream. Of course you were because (laughs) you were psyched out because the greatest moment of your entire life, all of the things you dreamed of as a cure loving teenager were coming to fruition. You had this incredible band. Body shut down and I was like, (laughs) I was like, no. <laughs> it still happened. It was. Yeah, you I great. feel like I pulled it off. But enough, that always but. happens. Like anytime people have that big thing, they're always like, "Why would my immune system be a little weak now?" It's like because your fucking body's about to do the most amazing shit ever. Yeah, but, 
this German college career. degrees. <laughs> but yeah, it would have been fun to nail it vocally. They're tough songs to sing, even with a fresh voice. He's got a really high. He does, and we did the. I think we did the original keys. Yeah, it's like them. singing Beatles songs and stuff, where yeah. you just feel like, eh, maybe I'll take it down a few. Yeah, it always loses something. It's never yeah, it quite does. The same, the energy, like, yeah. yeah, because the fact that a dude is like having to belt it that much is it just it gives it energy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When you're sitting in there. Uh, pants at home singing <laughs> yeah. that you're like I don't know if I want to give it just have my coffee and like take the, the close to me <laughs> I want to do like a Lou Reed about to yeah. die version where yeah. I just well, kind of speak the <laughs> vicious hit me with the that's the way to do flower. it <laughs> even when I cover like I always try to do it, a lot of it does you just bump it down an octave kind of thing but it always does lose the, the power especially if it's one of the catchier ones it's tough but. Johnny Cash covers yeah, in the yeah. later days it's like a like a bridge <laughs> over Joe <laughs> <laughs> but I've actually had times like back in the old days when I'd come visit you in Asheville and stuff or I'm just belting out cure songs or albums all the way for like four hours and i'd pull up and my head would actually be pound. i would give myself a headache just because it would hurt so bad of like singing that high and like oh i was just like it's like oh my god i just have to like pull the car over and like take aspirin it's like i already have a headache but. you'd like sweat a bunch and shit <laughs> jeez i really feel like i'm a new man now you really go through a lot to be robert <laughs> He seems so comfortable all the time. There's no way he's going through that much pain. <laughs> oh, boy. The Robert Smith cleanse. <laughs> Take a nine-hour drive and sing, sing along to Robert Smith the whole time. It'll, it'll make him a new man. It'll cleanse you out. <laughs> but you can see how people get hooked with doing that. Like, And we did other ones where we did The Clash with our actual band. That was really fun. That was a good and, one. I'd like to just keep being a... It's off topic. Yeah, no. <laughs> I like to be in a Clash cover band, but go uh, on. Well, it's cool. I mean, just that idea of you can see how it really is tempting, like especially if it's a band you really love or people that do official cover bands and do like whole sets, you know, and like bill it and tour it or whatever. I mean, there's tons of that going on. There's Cure ones. This band called like The Curse and there's some well-known ones. Have you ever been to see one? I haven't seen you any. You should of the, go, man. I haven't seen The Cure ones. I've seen the... You'd be uh, the ultimate uh, judge of whether it's <laughs> yeah. good. You'd be like in the back row with like your arms crossed. This is like, not The Cure. Well, you would be like, shit. I was footage I, Who is he? I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> he's not. He's trouble. He's not the real deal. But um, I think he knows too much. I think he's seen the cure many times live and grown up with the cure. Let's throw him out. Yeah. Please have this man removed. <laughs> nah. I mean, it's easy. To, it's easy to hate him, but at the same time, it's it's really so many like levels of fascination. And one, you see like the band just having a great time doing it. It's gotta be it's fun. The biggest compliment. Yeah. It's like, the people. You don't even have to be there. Mm. And a show happens for you. Right. And everybody loves it. Like the people right. playing love it. Yeah. The people in the audience love it. You don't even have to like be Mark there. from the Cheeksters here in town. He does the the Bowie thing now. He's doing a lot. You can tell he's just like 
so into that yeah. now more than I'm sure it gets it's a like huge reaction my whole uh, yeah and um this is what I <laughs> <laughs> makes sense yeah. but um but yeah I never saw a cure one I saw when we were in LA and we were desperate to see we were just doing I think the road trip one when we were out in LA and we just we, we stumbled across a Morrissey one and it was awesome like I initially was like this is gonna fucking suck it's gonna be weird some dude's acting like Morrissey that isn't Morrissey and but it had like the whole Latino crowd and they were like, and we just sat up in the balcony kind of observing, you know, and I was shocked how much I loved it. Like you get a few beers in and it's just like the band, if they're good, they're like nailing it, like all the different mm-hmm. parts and stuff. I think they had like three guitarists doing the one Johnny Marr part, but it sounded great. And it was cool with them because I felt like the singer, he actually looked more like Elvis Costello. He wasn't trying really. Yeah. I feel like there's that line where a cover band, do they cross it? Do they do the theatrics too? Yeah. You know, because especially with like the cure, that's like really weird if you come out with like big hair and the makeup, but you kind of have to, but at the <laughs> same time, it makes it that much weirder if you're like trying to well, look it, like them. It's, it's your take on it. Yeah. And you have to, if you're going to get up and do, like covers are cool that way. You have to do yeah. your, your take on it and, what one person's take on it that works it's not gonna be the same yeah for another person but and then like selling it is like we are a cure cover band like i mean with us just doing it it was obviously those four songs we're gonna just nail them very cure-esque and it'll be fun but like if that was your band it, it seems like in that case they all do stick to it really there's no like dramatic interpretation you know yeah. like it's not like they're reworking the song right like, just trying to do it in the way that yeah you could even like you could even say like the just the fact that when they play it's a small room mm-hmm. and everybody's into it and if the band really wants to do it and the audience really wants to listen to it it's, it's more pure in a way than like when the actual Cure yeah. or Morrissey performs on this huge stage and there's thousands of people spread out. Yeah. The, the songs are, when they play it, it's not intimate anymore. It's, right. it's Even when they play it for what it is, there's something you might get out of that weird yeah, cover yeah. band. If it was the the perfect awesome. Right. I bet most cover bands are shitty, but right. when you do see that awesome cover band, yeah, and I'd actually like to be in an awesome cover band. Yeah, I mean, something like cool, that Cure one would be great to do now. And you're just in a small room and they're just nailing the songs and you're like, finally, these songs are mm-hmm. intimate again. there is again. that huge factor of, like you're saying, a lot of people can't afford to see the Cure or able to see them or something, you know, like they only tour, tour so many times and like can't afford the tickets. But even like that Morrissey thing, everybody there just loved the song so much that everyone was singing along and like, yeah. you know, like, and the band was playing. It's just kind of like a tribute to the songs, like yeah. as cheesy as it sounds, because that's yeah. what it is. But at the same time, it's like everyone loves those songs so much. The band yeah. doesn't even the actual band doesn't even have to be there to, to play yeah. them. You know, I mean, that's like that's such beautiful. A, yeah, like, it's like, I, like it, yes, if you could write a song that bring a room together, and you're not even there. Right, you don't have to be there. And people are just other people just are playing it, that's swinging a, into it. I, it's yeah. pretty amazing. It is like tribute to a song. It's a perfect way to say it. That's what a good cover band does. It gives a tribute, tributes to the song. Yeah. And it is weird because you don't really ever see like the ones that declare themselves a cover band, like an official tribute or cover band um, that do interpretations of like, you know, like Ryan Adams, yeah. Taylor Swift style. Nobody ever like changes the songs because they're like, yeah, we're here to hear. Just like heaven. They're like, yeah, we're going to do a piano. Yeah. yeah. So everyone just be like, this sucks. You, you, you call the band you. 
right. when, when, when you're called, and then you can do redo covers. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Cat Power is covers album. Yeah, yeah. But you don't say like I'm a <laughs> I am cover band of this nature. Yeah. And all the because you're milking that audience. Yeah. Like you know, I'm a Pixies cover band, so all the Pixies fans come out and yeah. make it about you, and it's like that's weird fuck, yeah. you. fuck you that would not go over well yeah. I don't think so you got yeah. you got to do it <laughs> do you have a dream cover band if you were to play in one who would be your like number one like I mean I could I mean like I could live the rest maybe. of my life doing a million but who would be like your top ones like if top one would be the Clash for sure just like a full on whole set of Clash songs like, yeah. yeah a full oh. on just the hypnotizing rhythm yeah. and and Joe's drummer and, and Mick Jones singing like they're both just such amazing yeah. like fuck Lennon and McCartney <laughs> <laughs> those guys were those guys? <laughs> they were the two guys yeah. just, just learning their songs and just how good they are and yeah. like to just oh man yeah that would be I fun could, I they're... could feel really good just trying to do their music for a long time yeah we should do it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's like come see the Clash. Ish, Clash ish. That's yeah. a good. That's a good cover band name. Clash ish. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's that's much cool. better than Culture Clash. Yeah, <laughs> which is terrible. What, what about um? So yeah, any other backup ones? Like if somebody asked you to join a tribute band, who would you? Hmm. You'd be like, yeah, all right. It'd be great to do a, a Pixies cover band or a Placements cover band. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many good cover bands. So you're just up for all of them. <laughs> like, I'll do it. I'd, actually, I'd love to be in a Rolling Stones cover band. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be fun, for sure. I wish they would do that. I don't know if they do it in any variation anymore, even yeah. just the mini thing. Yeah. It was a great thing to be to get to do. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of it, but then again... I don't know what the fuck goes on. <laughs> Who knows? Ever since we had kids, now we're just in a dark room talking yeah. in the microphone. <laughs> I, I think there might be a show happening now, but who knows? There might be a curfew in Asheville now. I, uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Going back to favorites, I guess, as far as a, a guitarist, and I guess we can do the songwriting aspect too, The Cure. Do you have a, a favorite guitar lick or a song that you think is like a memorable guitar part that you like in particular of any Cure song like show me show me show me just straight down the scale he does it a couple times and it goes up yeah no, 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 yeah, it's crazy. It's like, how could that? <laughs> and then the fourth is like the first two times down, then up, and then the fourth time. No, 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 It's just so many cool layers like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a good one. I, it'd be that one. Yeah. I'd always <laughs> love to knocking, nail it. knocking the mic stand, sorry. That's all right. We'll, we'll fix it in the mix. We'll put Jar Jar over it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I always love that. The the main riff of mint car too that would be one i'd always want just after mm-hmm. i don't think it's too hard probably but it's always i've seen him flub it a few times it's yeah. plucky it's yeah it's like enough for that me that was the one where they had the, the he had the bet 
Because yeah, he, yeah, he couldn't yeah. nail a solo, right? Yeah, the middle yeah, solo yeah. part gets like he really crazy. He challenged the band to like <laughs> yeah. have to owe them more money. Yeah, I forgot didn't... about that. That's, yeah. It was like on one of the it was so, like the late night shows or something, or maybe yeah. on Saturday Night Live or something. And and he he, he <laughs> loved it. And he's like, oh, <laughs> just like keep having to pay up. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Let's see any any other random thoughts on the cure. Just that I, I feel like the arrangements are fantastic. Thank you. Like you have fantastic songs as, as we've discussed, but just the arrangements, just the layering. Thinking about when you when you put a recording down on tape or in any format, there's just you know the kick drums down here, and you've got all these different. There's only so many spaces to fill, mm-hmm. and it can get muddled and muddy and unclear really quick when you add a lot of shit. Yeah, the Cure can just layer a song perfectly, where every little hook there's multiple hooks going, but they they occupy their own little space. Yeah, and they dance together, and it's, it's kind of baroque in a way. Yeah, just the layering, and they're all just kind of that. Like, no, 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 this is straight down the scale. Yeah, individually, they're not like particularly crazy, complicated parts. If anything, overly simple. It's funny, but when you listen to it as a whole, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like, oh, I can never play that, you know. <laughs> but it's an like, orchestra. Yeah, and they use string sounds a lot. It's a lot of yeah. string sounds. Yeah, it's it's a weird, awesome way to do it. Like disintegration in particular, I feel like that's like the like epitome of awesome layering for an album. Like how amazing. There's no wasted note on that whole album, you know. It's like every little intertwined little strings. Even if it's doing like the most nothing part, like nothing is in the wrong place or too much, you know. Like there's been ones before and since yeah. that they kind of overdo it or no, whatever. No, no wasted note. I really like that. I think that's, yeah. really, that's really well put. It's a. Uh... Yeah. That's when things are great. Is when there's less. There's just what's needed. Yeah, it's easy to just go overboard. It's just yeah, like that's a tough thing to do for sure. Especially when you get to that point where it's like such a crazy amount, you know, where it's not like just like mm-hmm. a five piece band yeah, doing it. Huge. You know, it's just like. So did he have like who? You know, it's a lot of times there's mm-hmm. producers and people that arrange a band. Did, did it was? Did, I think. I mean, production people? wise. Was there people he worked with like again and again that were kind of the George Martin of some of the Cure albums? Not really. I mean, there's a couple like the producer people that never seem to get much credit. Like they always technically produce their own stuff. Like when it says produced by the Cure and David Allen was kind of Dave Allen, I believe. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to go back to this biography that was really good of theirs and kind of brush up on some of that stuff. But I remember I'm not really saying much about him because I was just like who you know there's such great production and somebody must have been really coaching it or something but they didn't have any that you know i feel like a lot of people like no. i go back on oh that was the great album and it's oh, oh it's a rick rubin album or there's yeah. some, some guy yeah, nobody really yeah. that they play it i've kind of narrated that dave allen dude was there for mm-hmm. like what i would consider like their peak awesome like from like head mm-hmm. on the door through disintegration i think it was or through wish even like where it was like those five awesome you know like big breakthrough dave yeah a real memorable yeah. <laughs> standout name yeah. he's probably like works at like tj well, yakadoos you know, or you something know, you know what's even less of a standout name robert smith <laughs> exactly <laughs> but we know it because i know he's a fucking beautiful man but i would have named my child after him if he just had any part of a more 
like notable names. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I can't name my kid Robert because like everybody's named Robert. And can't name you my kid go Smith. With middle name like Robert Smith Connor. Yeah, <laughs> I think I lobbied for Smith even as a fit first name just because I thought that would be weird. I never thought about that as the link between the cure and the. My yeah, actually, Owen that. and I kind of touched on that for a second. We're like the Smiths, the Smiths, yeah. Smiths, but. But so you you only saw it recently with uh, the podcast? Or you surely did. Used I did. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but you, you connected on it for the yeah, first yeah. time. Oh, so no. we've both known for our yeah. entire lives. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> now we know together. <laughs> for sure. Which makes it creepier. All right, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> this shall be spoken of, except on the internet. <laughs> Forever immortalized. <laughs> let's, just, let's forget it ever happened and allow anyone that ever wants to <laughs> listen to it. Pretty which much. is usually no one. Which <laughs> <laughs> one to three people that think it's something else. <laughs> So as we wrap up this episode of the Holy Hour, I definitely want to thank you, Ryan, for for rehashing the memories and and talking about the cure. And and, uh, well, maybe we'll go form a cover band. And you should, too, out there, kids. Pick your your band and and go out there and and play their songs because they'll probably be better than your songs. And suck at it. Enjoy. (laughs) Is that your your leaving words of wisdom to any young aspiring musicians? Go, Go play some other people's songs. You should immediately explore a different profession. No, no, no. <laughs> Learning to play music is the greatest thing you can do, but you'll never get any money from it. <laughs> It'll be something that teaches you how to do everything else. <laughs> it's the greatest go. thing you learn how to do is hold a song in your head and play it. It's great, but don't expect it, it to be the thing that directly gives you wealth. <laughs> you might get lucky, and it is. <laughs> But it's worth doing. I mean, music is the. Oh, yeah. It's like the the first thing I really got passionate about. I feel like everything, like yeah. friendship, marriage, parenthood, computer shit. Like I related all the music. That's the it was the first thing that I really. Yeah. I was like, I want to figure this out and do it and be great at it. And and where did yeah. it come from in, in your family? I don't think did you have like a long yeah. one just out of nowhere. Yeah, like uh, my mom. And, and my older sister played shit like in the minute we listened to like Marvin Gaye mm-hmm. and Thriller a lot <laughs> and the Dirty Dancing soundtrack <laughs> and Madonna <laughs> and Cindy Lauper oh, man that's some sexual are, stuff <laughs> I know it was just those were just over and over again so. yeah, I didn't even hear the Beatles and the Stones until like college or yeah, it was a way cool. late that I caught up on music history hmm. it was just weird 80s pop shit and, yeah. and then R.E.M. and the Lemonheads and, yeah. and then just 90s Dinosaur Jr. All that kind of shit. And then I think in college, 97, 98, through you and, and just getting more interested, I got to know that I went back, you know, yeah. through the Smiths and then back to 70s and 60s. And Yeah, it's weird how that music latched on. What year did you, you studied choir maybe would be your first exposure or how'd you, what was your first like lessons or, yeah, yeah. just. Yeah, they, they, in the fifth grade, they said you could play a horn and or do something like that. And I, I did saxophone for a year in the fifth grade. And I don't think I ever could carry a tune on that, but I was exposed to it. And then I didn't want to do that, and I switched to percussion. Yeah. My parents were awesome. They were like, okay, you can do percussion in the sixth grade. And Brett and I, we actually played in the sixth grade. We play like snare drums, and you'd be like, one guy, just two, three, four, 
So there it was. And you're like talking to each other. Kick drum and toms and all that stuff and percussion. And then for some reason, I dropped out of that. Uh, I, I joined a church choir. In, in <laughs> seventh Seems grade. like a reasonable thing to do. I know. It was, it, it, none of it was my decision. Actually, it was good that it was. Yeah. I guess somebody thought that I should do some of that. But, huh. Um, but then around 13 or 14, like around the church choir time, oddly, like it was like Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and I got a guitar and started. Uh, yeah, where did the guitar come from? I mean, did you just get the bug and say, I want to buy a guitar? Or get it? Where did it come from? I remember, like, my dad had a guitar, and he actually played a little bit when I was really young. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty much tone deaf and never really went for it. Uh-huh. Was, he just, like, showed a little interest in it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the most awesome thing, and he kind of huh. put it away. And I remember taking finding that guitar in the attic and taking it down and trying to play the songs. Like What grade was this? Yeah. It's like yeah. elementary school. I don't know trying to play those songs and yeah. just strumming open strings and yeah. you know, my parents were like do you want guitar lessons and I was kind of like no 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 that's, that's weird and, yeah uh, huh that's but okay. it, I think eventually like when I was 13 like other people I saw other people around me playing Fine. the guitar and like uh, grunge music and that and I saw it and I'd go hang out with like a skateboard with kids and go to their house and somebody would kind of be like nah 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 play a little riff and I'd be like yeah. show me that I'd be like I could hold my fingers down and do it. And when I could do that, I would just, I'd learn one yeah, little, yeah. like, nah, dun, dun. <laughs> and I'd just do it over and over again. I thought it was the most magical yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like crazy how encouraging it is once you back. get something that you can play. And it's like, all right, it just kind of feeds in itself like a snowball rolling downhill. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I have just piano lessons and then it's funny how like the 90s hit and you're just like man guitar is so much cool yeah. <laughs> but uh the keyboards came back though, so it's good that yeah it's weird that they always hit up like kids as far as school music learning it's always like band like horns and shit like yeah. you know it seems like there would be more like just practice I mean yeah. obviously they're gonna learn Practical. piano or guitar or something more you know and it's like yeah. and even if you don't like even from the piano lessons I took it was like more that I learned like the structure of songs and you know just like chords and like primary chords and stuff and for me maybe that's just what I took out of it more but I felt like it definitely took like the, just the writing and learning that something that I can take into guitar a lot more than actual you know which I should have learned more of like scales and stuff better with both hands and stuff but it was more I don't know it's kind of weird I wish they schools would do that more instead of like handing you a horn it's like what the fuck are you gonna do with this horn like I mean I guess it, it's cause I, they're I would love to be able to play a horn though like, yeah but... I, I would, if I could pick up a trumpet <laughs> I think that's oh man and the grass is greener yeah uh, like fucking another fucking white asshole with a guitar is drumming it if I could pick up a trumpet like a white guy with a trumpet though I don't know the, yeah, I think it's better though. I think, I think it's maybe white people cliche. shouldn't be allowed to touch yeah, any maybe music white people would just cliche just go sing in the choir you've had the, your chance the Christian choir you've had all the money and all the education and yes white people have made some I music, want a horn but, but nobody wants to hear it more white people playing trumpets I can kind of see that point actually just like can we still make films (laughs) yeah well on that note maybe we should wrap up the kids go play your trumpets go learn thanks for listening talk hard 
Over and out. Say bye, Ryan. Bye, Ryan. <laughs> Please. Bye, Ryan. concludes another episode of the holy hour thanks so much for listening and thank you again to my special guest ryan barrington cox great friend that i always love talking to whether it's cure related or not and um really appreciate him talking with me and uh feel free to check out his stuff he's got tons of great things out there on the web at ryanbarringtoncox.com that takes you to his blog where you can read his words of wisdom and advice and um, learn lots of good things as well as be entertained. Uh, also links to his YouTube website where you can see lots of cool videos of him playing covers or original songs. Uh, we talked a lot about covers too, but he is quite the songwriter. Um, you can hear his original music at ryanbarringtoncox.bandcamp.com. And I'll put a link to all of these at theholyhour.moonfruit.com, our official website. As for the episodes of The Holy Hour, be sure to subscribe at iTunes or at podomatic.com. You can stream or download them for free from those sites as well. Um, just by searching us, just search The Holy Hour, and you might want to throw Cure in there too, just so you don't get a bunch of religious podcasts, although I feel that this podcast is very spiritual. So that should get you through till the next episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Go listen to some Cure now. Okay? Do it. Thanks.